This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. When people left Jesus' presence, they never left feeling unheard. Mm. You know, when they went to him with their their questions or their pain, they never left feeling unheard. Mm. And I just thought, oh, if that could be the witness of the church right now and mm. the witness, you know, for us as individuals that people never left our presence feeling unheard and how powerful that would be. And so I think that is one way that love looks like constraint. If you find yourself scrolling social media and all of a sudden your internal heat is rising because something someone said or did absolutely infuriates you and you feel like you need to point it out, (laughs) you're not alone. Well, in my conversation today with Sharon Hottie Miller, we talk about this call to leadership. We talk about how a spacious life actually should look more like the fruit of the spirit. But how do we get there? Well, You'll love this conversation with my guest, Sharon Hottie Miller. She's sure to help us think clearly about differentiated leadership and what does it look like to love our neighbor, even our digital neighbor, well. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy Podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol, posturing, or shouting across the aisles. In each conversation, you'll get to hear my guests' wisdom, their laundry routine, and for this season, also their hustle habit. Let's find holy together. All right, friends, it's really fun. I get to have a Sharon Hottie Miller on the podcast today. So it's so great to have you. Thanks, Sharon, for being here. It's good to be with you, Ashley. It's been a while since I've talked to you. I know. It's so great to catch up. So Sharon, just tell us if people aren't familiar with you or your work, who are you? What are you about? Yeah, so I'm a teaching pastor at Bright City Church in Durham, North Carolina, which my husband and I planted together in 2018. So we have spent more than half the life of our church now in a pandemic. So fun. Which, yeah, it's been so easy, you know, it's just <laughs> yeah. been a uh-huh. piece of cake. But yeah, our church has actually done great. You know, the there's been a lot of emotional drain, but the church itself is is flourishing and we are so thankful to God. I mean, he mm-hmm. he sustained our church through it all. So that that has been a huge just praise. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, so we we've been leading this church through a pandemic. Uh, I'm also an author. I've got two books. The first is called Free of Me, Why Life is Better When It's Not About You. And the second is called Nice, Why We Love to Be Liked and How God Calls Us to More. And I am also a mom. I've got three kids. My oldest just turned nine, and then my middle is six, and my daughter is three. 
That's so lovely. Well, it's so great to have you. You know, one thing I I write about in A Spacious Life, and it really resonates with a lot of your own work, is this culture of freedom, right? That we talk mm-hmm. about the idea of the American idea of freedom, maybe even how it's morphed over the centuries of us as a country, right? Isn't just simply like freedom from tyranny or, you know, that we should be represented by our, our leaders, but we have kind of construed this to this freedom to be ourselves. And we kind mm-hmm. of have this idea that that means like we look within ourselves and we are self-defined and you've worked a lot with some of those concepts. So, you know, what there resonates with you, where do you see that free to be mm-hmm. myself Yeah, kind of actually enslaving us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I can get a little bit nerdy. Yeah, do it. Just for a minute. So there's two types of, of freedom and there's, there's even like words for them, but I think the simplest way to think about it is freedom from and freedom to, those Mm -hmm. are like the two key types of freedom. And in the gospel, we receive them both. Now with the freedom too, however, I think where we get mixed up a little bit is understanding what we are being or freedom from, we get mixed up about what we've been set free from. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And in our American culture, especially it's very much, I'm free from anything that stands between me and my true self and, Mm -hmm. or what I want to do with my life. And in fact, if you try and tell me anything different than who I believe my true self is or what, how I want to express that true self, then you are, you know, oppressing me, Mm -hmm. but that's not how scripture talks about freedom from what we are being set free from is very, very specific. And that is, we are free from sin. Mm -hmm. That is what we're being set free from. And, you know, there's other types of freedoms, you know, being set free from, captivity, you know, things like that, which are an echo of that. But at its core, when we're talking about Christian freedom, we're being set free from sin. Mm -hmm. And then that is not the destination. We are then set free to, you know, love God and love others. And so that is a robust notion of of Mm -hmm. Christian freedom. But, Mm -hmm. but even in the, the church, you see a very different understanding that is bound up profoundly with the false religion of American individualism, which has conflated that freedom from with a sense of personal rights, which is not at all (laughs) when, you know, when, Mm -hmm. when scripture talks about, you know, dignifying people and and honoring them, it's not a personal right uh, so much Mm -hmm. as honoring the father, you know, honoring the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that language of, of rights has, has gotten really mixed up with the Christian notion of freedom when they are two very separate. Things. Yes. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Help us understand like, okay, maybe someone listening to this podcast is thinking, I get that. I understand that, but like, how do I experience that, you know, in your role, um, at your church, how are you helping disciple people towards that? Because I think a lot of us have this, we, yes, I've been set free from sin and yes, I know I should love God and love my neighbor, but maybe they're still really struggling with this sense of like personal autonomy and personal rights as Mm -hmm. the pathway to happiness. Yeah. What are some like small discipleship steps that we can take? 
Yeah, well, one of the beautiful things about Christian freedom is you can have it regardless of your external circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so a really good example of this is in Philippians, where Paul is writing so joyfully, you know, just over and over again saying, Mm -hmm. you know, rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, you know, it's this really overflowing letter of joy, but he's writing it while he's in prison. And so we see this portrait of a man who is free, you know, even while he's in prison. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first, you know, goal of the gospel is, is that, you know, inner freedom, like, you know, setting people free from sin. And this is a very, very old idea. Like there's a, again, I'm, I'm going to be very like theological. I didn't expect to be talking about, <laughs> you know, so much theology this morning, but St. Augustine, who mm-hmm. is one of the church fathers for anyone that has heard his name, he was a bishop and who lived like in the three hundreds, I believe. And he had this, this picture of the soul bent in on itself. Mm-hmm. And he said, apart from Christ, the soul can only bend inward in on itself. And that's why we struggle to love God and to love others is because our soul isn't pointing towards God or others. It's pointing towards self. And so that was actually a big inspiration behind my first book Mm -hmm. was the freedom of self-forgetfulness of, of correcting your soul and and unbending it and pointing Mm -hmm. it back towards God and and others. But as long as we live on earth, that our soul continues to, it's like a muscle memory where it continues to sort of bend backwards. And so, so much of discipleship is pulling us back out towards God, pulling us back out towards Mm -hmm. others, because Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're created for. Like that's when we Mm -hmm. experience the most joy, the most peace is when we're pointing towards God and others. And so all that to say that that's a big work of the church is helping people to be free from that inward focus. And so much of our sin just comes from that, just comes from that inward focus. And so once we are, you know, set free from that, another work of the church is bearing witness to the freedom of the kingdom by setting people free, you know, not just spiritually, but also through, you know, social justice, you know, setting people free from human trafficking. I mean, I even think about like prison ministries and how, you know, when it talks about Jesus setting captives free, you know, that wasn't just figurative. Like, I think we should be reaching out to, you know, Mm -hmm. prisoners and and how do we, how do we help them, you know, be free, you know, those, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're bearing witness to it externally, um, but we're also experiencing it internally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really great. What does that look like in your own life? Some of that freedom, you know, we're, we're living in such a politically loud, polarized moment in time where, you know, everything becomes, you know, are you for us or against us? Um, and if, if the gospel, which we believe is, is a a third way, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not either conservative or liberal or masks or anti-masks or, you know, like all of these millions of ways in which we are Mm -hmm. parsing all of these communities. So what does that look like for you? Well, you know, I think that's the great irony of, so many of the people who are loudest about rights yeah, is that they are not bearing witness to that internal freedom. Yeah. Like they don't seem free. Yeah. You know, they right. seem like they're in bondage to their anger 
yeah. they seem like they're in bondage to their fear. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, it's easy to point fingers, but if you are too immersed in that, you know, reading Twitter, reading Facebook, whatever, you're going to get sucked into it. I mean, that, that sin is like yeast that it gets on everyone who touches yeah. it. And yeah. so if you're, if you're too immersed in that, then you too will be find yourself in bondage to anger, in bondage to fear. And that's the thing that I've found myself definitely wrestling with in this season yeah. of polarization and seeing people, seeing Christians not behave, you know, the way that they should, like it, it, it is easy to think I need to spend all my time like correcting this right. and ignoring the fact that slowly inside I'm becoming hard and angry right. and I'm not bearing witness anymore to that freedom of the gospel. Yeah. So that's something that I've really had to like return to mm -hmm. probably once a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh gosh, I'm getting really judgy you know, on Twitter about, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I you really know. like, I was thinking about just yesterday, how I'll get on Instagram and I'll get on Twitter and I'll think of all the things I want to respond to. And I realized so much of what I'm saying is reacting to what people are doing instead of just pursuing Christ, you mm -hmm. know, like what, like I want my witness to be primarily defined by the pursuit of Jesus, not the reaction against people. Right. Yeah. And I think social media makes that really hard. Yeah. Do you ever feel like life is spinning faster than you can keep up with? Does it feel like a lot of times you're spinning all of the plates and you don't know if you can keep spinning them any longer or if one drops and they all start to fall to the ground? Like who even are you anymore? We are worn out, not only from the last year and a half of a pandemic, but we are worn out from the stories that hustle and hurry tell us makes a meaningful life. I want to invite you into a more spacious life. My book, A Spacious Life, Trading Hustle and Hurry for the Goodness of Limits, actually gives you courage and rest and joy and purpose, not in doing more, but in recognizing how our natural normal human limits are the good guardrails that God gives us to follow for human flourishing. People have called it a breath of fresh air, balm for a weary soul, and I would love if you picked up a copy and experienced some of that freedom today. A Spacious Life is available wherever books are sold, and you can find the link in the show notes and find out more, including how to take your hustle habit quiz at aspacious.life. How have you found a way through? I mean, you have a strong presence on social media. You know, you're talking about some really thoughtful things. You have a PhD, you know, um, so you have a lot to offer those spaces. How have you kind of wound your way around some, you know, some of these issues? Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you like, do you have a social media like plan to be able to like say, okay, how, how is the content I'm producing or, you know, the ways that I'm responding, actually pursuing Jesus instead mm -hmm. of simply reacting to yeah, who's shouting the loudest. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I'm still figuring that out Yeah, because I, 
I feel like I have a pretty good handle on when to speak and when not to speak. You know, like I, especially being a pastor in a church has really. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Really held me accountable because my people are watching me. And yeah. so that even though I'm interacting with someone who's, you know, in Wyoming or whatever, right. my people can still see it and it's going to affect my local context. And yeah. so I'm always aware of that. Like, mm -hmm. how is this going to impact my flesh and blood relationships? For I think sure. that's a huge form of accountability for me that yeah. I really appreciate. The thing that I'm still reckoning with that I don't have a great answer for is in our time of polarization, people will assume intention or motive or secret agenda that may not even be there. And it affects your flesh and blood relationship, even though you didn't mean for it to. Mm -hmm. So an example of that is I had posted earlier this year, I'd posted about honoring the ninth commandment and not bearing false witness. And part of the reason I posted that was because I felt like social media was such a mess of people just sharing things that they'd heard, you know, articles that they'd read, but hadn't vetted right? and, you know, hearsay. And I, I thought, you know, we need to really take this seriously that if we're sharing something that isn't, isn't actually true, like we're in sin. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I had posted this and then I found out later a leader in our church thought I was criticizing the president with that oh. post. Yeah. And I wasn't, but I, I thought, you know, <laughs> this is where our polarization is right now. And yeah. there, I think there's two ways to respond to that. One is to say, well, maybe their conscience needs to search that a little <laughs> right. bit, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're jumping to something that's not necessarily yeah, there because maybe all you I'm ask like, yourself some questions. Yeah, yeah. Like all I'm literally doing is sharing scripture and yeah. saying, Hey guys, this is in the Bible. This is what we're called to let's, you know, and so just let the chips kind of fall where they may. But on the other hand, I I've thought about that a lot since then and thought, especially as my follower size grows, there's a power dynamic where your words have more weight. They pack more of a punch, like the more followers you have. And so you have to be more and more careful and nuanced because you can actually do more damage. Mm -hmm. And so that has also made me wonder if I need to 
pull back a little bit, even more, even if I'm not posting about, you know, a secret agenda, if this can complicate my flesh and blood relationships, mm-hmm. is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something I, I don't have an answer to. Yeah, no, that's really wise. And I think one thing I think that's really beautiful that you're talking about is love. And I talk a lot about this in a spacious life too, is love looks often like constraint, right? That we, Mm -hmm. we constrain ourselves for the sake of love to love other people, Mm -hmm. right? It means that we can't perform our identities online or in person because we're accountable to other people. And because that's what love looks like, right? If Mm -hmm. Jesus constrained himself, not only just to like be a body, you know, in, you know, in a particular place and time, but also to die for his people, like love looks like constraint. Yeah. And I think that's really very hard for us, especially, you know, as a platform grows or, you know, you feel like you have more weight and people are listening, but to choose constraint, talk to us a little bit about that and what that has to do for you. And then, you know, one thing I I love that you recently were tweeting about was talking about what does a differentiated leader look like? Mm, um, kind mm-hmm. of Edwin, Edwin Friedman's thought. So maybe some of that, there might be connection between love looking like constraint and differentiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my husband just finished a, I don't know what to call it, like an initiative in our church. Yeah. I guess he called it the listening initiative. I think that's what he called it. And he was noticing how in our church, people just weren't listening in our culture. People just weren't listening. And so he decided to book appointments with all the leaders in our church and then sit down and ask them what their thoughts were on some difficult topics in our culture right now. And then just listen and take notes and not offer any feedback at Mm. all. Mm. And yeah, that was it. He would just go and listen and take notes. And that was it. And it was really eye-opening for him in a lot of ways. But I think one of the things he he took from it, and he ended up preaching a sermon series on it that was really, really good. But how we always want to, like our marriage counselor talks about when you're listening, you're putting the spotlight on the other person and mm-hmm. how we want to keep yanking the spotlight onto <laughs> ourselves by yeah. sharing like, oh, that happened to me, or here's my thought about that and how bad we are at just simply letting the spotlight be on the other person. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been really fascinated noticing how he's put that into practice and how it is an, an act of love. And so most recently he, he just had a conversation with someone in our church who was having a hard time. Like we, we just returned to wearing masks again, our city's under a mask mandate. And Mm -hmm. this person was, was expressing how they were struggling with it and how, you know, their, their opinion was different than this mandate and all the reasons why. And he said, you know, I, and, and I said, did you share any of the reasons why we made this mm-hmm. decision? Like mm-hmm. all the doctors in our church that we talked to, and we have an infectious disease expert in our church as well. And he said, no, he, he said, that really wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it wouldn't have accomplished anything. Like they, it would have just strained the friendship at this point. And all that was really needed was for me to listen. Mm-hmm. And so he has, my husband's really modeled this well, cause I am a, I'm a fight to win kind of Uh a girl, uh um, especially because my, I'm very strong with my words. And so I'm like, I will cut you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of my, yeah. I'm going to take you down. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really just such a like role model to me in, in this, you know, and Jesus, 
he said this in his sermon too, that really impacted me. He said, when people left Jesus's presence, they never left feeling unheard. Mm. You know, when they went to him with their, their questions or their pain, they never left feeling unheard. Mm. And I just thought, oh, you know, Ooh, yeah, that it stings a little. <laughs> the, like, wit- if that could be the witness of the church right now and mm. the witness, uh, you know, for us as individuals that people never left our presence feeling unheard and how powerful that would be. And so I think that is one way that love looks like constraint is constraining your own arguments mm-hmm. and your desire to prove someone right. And because also it doesn't work you know, it doesn't work. Right. right. Yeah. Trying to argue you, someone you can, is not going to necessarily yeah, you can try increase and prove your point that yeah. it doesn't actually work. And so mm-hmm. what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose relationship or breaking the relationship is, is basically mm-hmm. what you're choosing in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's really wise. It's a good like first step as we think about, you know, how do we actually process that this moment in time and how, what does it look like to love our neighbors? It might mm-hmm. just be as simple as listening. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Hard, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Good. Yeah. So when you find yourself not listening and instead mm-hmm. choosing a hustle habit, I'd love to hear about that. So listeners, if you don't know, you can head on over to a spacious.life. You can take my hustle habit quiz. It's just one minute, just about seven questions, and you'll get to find out what your unhealthy hustle habit is. So you can choose to ignore a limit. Often that looks like, you know, just kind of forgetting you have them and moving on to the next thing. You can also choose to control a limit. This is often what our like go get them type A personalities try to do. Um, You can blame other people or circumstances like the spaghetti water is like everywhere. And all of a sudden it's your little child's fault, right? Who comes in at the wrong time, or you can choose to, to work kind of turn it into a self-directed message of shame, like that when you hit a limit, therefore you are unworthy and you've, it becomes a personal message. So Sharon, what is your hustle habit? So mine is blame. Mm -hmm. And I recently came to understand this thanks to the Enneagram. I am a seven and sevens go to one in unhealth. And so I recently learned this year how that manifests as self-righteousness and thinking in black and white and Mm -hmm. legalism and just being really angry and blaming people. And I've seen that this year, just when things haven't, you know, worked out the way that I wanted them to. And I look for somebody to blame. Like I get really angry at people in our church, people in the world, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just stew about them. So that's my, that's (laughs) what I go to. Yeah. What has helped you kind of get out of that? Uh, I don't know if anything has. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least, you know, naming it is, is the first step, right? (laughs) Right. Is to say, you know, this, yeah, this is where I go. This is not love of God or neighbor, you know, at least yeah. to, to be able to call it out in yourself is really Yeah. Good. I think yeah. I'm still very much in the stage of realizing that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And then having to, I mean, I have talked to my marriage counselor. We've been with her for over 10 years now. And we've talked ever since we launched our church, we've talked a lot about empathy mm-hmm. and how important it is to, the, you know, the people that I want to blame or be angry at how important it is to empathize with why they might be 
re reacting the way that they are. And that empathy is ultimately not for them, but for you. <laughs> that yeah. like, if you can understand why they're reacting that way, it, it gives you a lot more peace. So mm -hmm. that's been something I've worked on really that's hard, great. but I'm still have a long way to go. Right. And some of these things, right, are just like, they become habits, right? They mm -hmm. might not come naturally, but you know, this is kind of a spiritual discipline, a habit to practice mm -hmm. empathy uh, for others instead of mm -hmm. blaming them. I love it. That's great. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, as we conclude, I would love to hear your laundry routine. And the reason I ask all of my guests their laundry routine is I think Kathleen Norris talks about one of the ways in which we actually commune with God, of course, isn't, you know, in all these big quote unquote spiritual moments, right? It's in these mundane habits of our day, whether it's laundry or doing the dishes or going on walks or taking our kids to school, that these are, that's where this, the warp and woof, right. Of our, of our Christian faith is in all of these little mundane moments. So Sharon, what's your laundry routine? Uh, when we run out of clothes mm -hmm. or clean underwear, <laughs> it's time for laundry. Yeah. That's my, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's my habit. Yeah. And is it like, do you just grab everybody's stuff all at the same time or uh, I kind of have three different groups. I have mm -hmm. mine and Ike's laundry. It's, it really has to do with, we have three hampers. Yeah. So my husband and I share a hamper, our boys share a hamper, and then my daughter has her own hamper, which now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't make <laughs> any sense because she has the smallest clothes. Right. But her room is, the boys' rooms are right next to each other and hers is in a different part of the house. Okay. And so I usually wash the boys' clothes together and then mine and Ike's clothes together and then Sadie's is, is on her own. Right. And I don't separate by darks or anything. I don't have I time don't for either. that. I know. So. I don't either. Do you fold or do kids fold their own clothes? Uh, I'm still folding. The kids are not great at folding. Uh, in, in fact, Sadie, my three-year-old is the only one who's actually interested in helping. Uh, <laughs> the boys have never even asked, but Sadie is really, she, she'll help me clean. She'll help me empty the dishwasher. She'll help me cook. She's very interested in all those things. The yeah. boys are not, no, no. um, but she doesn't know how to fold yet. So right. yeah, um, it's a little young. I definitely need three. to start having them. Do <laughs> she could do thing. socks, maybe socks. <laughs> I, yeah, no one really fold my husband. My husband does our laundry and he folds the laundry cause he's very particular about that. And so I was like, great, you can do it. And he does a great job. Mm -hmm. And then my children, I'm like, as long as you have clean clothes and they're in a drawer, that would be great. But most of the mm -hmm. time it's just like the clean clothes stays in the hamper and then just get continually rewashed. The thing with there. my daughter is she has just two or three t-shirts that she only wants to wear all the time. And yeah. so she has all these other clothes that just sit in her dresser and use that are really nice and she yeah. will not wear them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the same two or three shirts. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> It's a process, just yep. like learning to love God and neighbor. So mm -hmm. thank you, Sharon. It's been such a pleasure to have you. I appreciate your, your good thoughts and friends. Be sure to pick up her books and I'll have all those links in the show notes. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sharon Hottie Miller. Her books are linked in the show notes and would be wonderful places to begin to think through this idea of boundaries and how do we love God and glorify God even in the midst of our crazy polarized cultures. This season, I'm inviting you into the practice of pocket practices. Pocket practices are three by five cards that are intended to help you connect the dots between what you read about in a spacious life and your experience of that spacious life. 
You can find out more about them and get them as a download at aspacious.life. This week's pocket practice, I'm encouraging you to write down your limits of your love. Write down the limits of your love. And maybe it's a particular person that comes to mind that you find difficult to love, or maybe it's yourself. (laughs) Maybe it's a certain behavior that you notice in yourself that you become closed off or stingy, or you find yourself subtweeting someone else or simply responding to other people instead of actually saying, how is this social media post loving God and loving neighbor? Write down some of those limits. And then I'm going to invite you to pray through them, to bring those limits to God, knowing that he sees even the limits of your love and he desires to meet you in them and to grow you through them. We lose out when we choose to not bring our limits to God. We begin to get puffed up and prideful and think of ourselves as creator instead of the created. And so write down the limits of your love and pray through them. I hope that begins to heal some of those aspects of yourself that you might find are hurting or resentful or angry and begin to kind of take off those chains of anger that Sharon was talking about and invite you into something much more spacious. Once again, friends, head to aspacious.life. There you'll be able to take your hustle habit quiz. If you enter your email, I will give you a little roadmap to help you out of that ditch of your hustle habit. And thirdly, you'll be able then to get your pocket practices to help you integrate what you know about God and your experience of him. It's an honor to be with you, friends. I appreciate your presence here. If you have a second to rate and review the podcast, that helps other people get this great content. And remember, big things matter, but so does the laundry. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.